Crosby about to sign a new 12-year, $100 million-plus contract. And it's uh, Germany against Italy this afternoon at the Euro 2012 Soccer Championship. And St. Mary's history professor Peter Tuig joins us after 6 as well with his look back at this date in history. 3.09 our time right now, up first of this afternoon. No real introduction is needed for my next guest, so let's just say hello now to... Toronto Maple Leafs General Manager, Brian Burke. How you doing, sir? Good, Rick. How are you? I am very well. Thank you for dropping by here today. My pleasure. Why are you here, by the way? I am here on behalf of Ducks Unlimited Canada. We have a major gift event this evening at the Labatt Beer Institute, which is uh, should be fun. And uh, drove by. It looks like a great venue. And uh, we've been doing events in Atlantic Canada now. This will be our third year. And uh, we've, we've managed to raise the profile and the fundraising capability of Ducks Unlimited Canada in Atlanta, Canada. So it's been great. Well, what is Ducks Unlimited? What does it do? Ducks Unlimited is one of the largest conservation companies in the world. Basically, what they do is preserve wetlands. They, uh, in a variety of ways, either they purchase them outright and preserve them in perpetuity or do habitat improvement projects on them or put them under protection for a period of years, often 10 years. And, and so basically they're making sure that my interest is that my children, their children, and so on, have green spaces and wet places to see and to visit. And that's what Ducks Unlimited does. It preserves wetlands. But are you a hunter as well? I mean, is Ducks Unlimited all about, again, I don't want to make this sound like it's not, but it's about protecting preserves for hunting purposes as well? No, it's no? for preserving wetlands. Now, like most, most people are shocked to learn that the conservation movements in both countries, Canada and the U.S., were spawned and funded largely by hunters. Uh, but our our donor base is broad-based. It has nothing to do with whether people hunt or not. We have lots of people who support Ducks Unlimited. have nothing to do with hunting. Uh, but, yes, it was dreamed up by hunters, started by hunters, funded by hunters, and it's still the backbone of the system. But we welcome everyone that wants to see wetlands preserved. How did you get involved, and why did you get involved? Well, I got involved years ago because I am a waterfaller. I do hunt, and uh, I enjoy it. I, I really value my time in the in the wetlands, and uh, I'm out in a, in a marsh or a swamp, and I'm thinking, okay, these are vanishing quickly. We're going to, you know, I'm going to help. So I've been involved with Ducks Unlimited Canada for probably close to 15 years now. I've done PSAs. I do public appearances. I do... Uh, gift events like tonight. I do one-on-ones, uh, whatever they ask me to do. So I'm very happy to be here again, my third trip to Atlanta, Canada on behalf of Ducks. Yeah, I'm reading here that uh, Ducks Unlimited track record, uh, 6.2 million acres secured, uh, 8,880 habitat projects, uh, 144,000 supporters, 6,600 volunteers. I mean, it's quite a uh, quite a, uh, a lengthy list that they have here. It's a Canada-wide yeah. registered charity, and this you know, there are lots of good charities that ask you for your money and your time. This one is a legacy. This is one that will leave something behind long after you're gone. And in Nova Scotia, 45,000 acres in Nova Scotia alone have been set aside and secured. There are 384 habitat projects, over 5,000 supporters in Nova Scotia alone, 200 volunteers, and 785 landowner partners, people that partner with Ducks Unlimited to improve habitat on their land. Now we hear in Nova Scotia we have a, our, our provincial government has been involved in buying up land. Uh, also there's land that's uh, protected land that's being donated to the province and, and such. But the wetlands, they're under threat. Why is that? Well, originally people looked at swamps and thought, okay, this is land that has to be filled in and, and you know built on. And they were viewed as just a waste of space, not realizing the critical habitat they provide. Basically, they're nature's kidneys. They filter water systems. 
Uh, and when the wetlands disappear, basically the water has no chance it goes in whatever state it's in. It goes into lakes or oceans, unfiltered. Uh, whatever pollutants are in it, whatever chemicals are in it, the wetlands filter out all of those harmful or much, much of those harmful things. So to me, uh, they still vanish at the point of 80 acres a day in Canada. We still lose wetlands at a really? frightening rate. Uh, we have managed through Ducks Unlimited to slow that. We have managed to preserve a lot of it, but it's still a very, very real fight that we have to win. And how does uh, you subsist or subside rather on uh, on donations? Is that how Ducks Unlimited uh, kind of gets its money? We get we get our, our donation base, obviously, from people that support Ducks Unlimited. We have landowners that, that donate their land to Ducks Unlimited to make sure it's preserved in perpetuity. We have landowners that contribute with us on projects to upgrade the wetlands on their property, uh, improve drainage. There are a lot of things we can do with them. Uh, and we have a lot of people who just write a check because they believe in the future of, of Ducks Unlimited. Uh, I'm assuming that tonight's event is about uh, at least thanking some of those sponsors? We're recognizing major gift donors. These are people who wrote large checks to support Ducks Unlimited. We've also got some other people there who are not major donors. We're trying to get into the fold and uh, say thank you to a bunch of people. It's a fun night for us. All right. It should be a good time. We were there recently, so it's, it's a great location. Lots of free beer, at least when we were there. So that's a good thing, I think. It'll be good. All right. 314 is the time. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to open up the phone lines. If you've got a comment or a question uh, for Brian Burke, give us a call at 405-6000-1877-801-8255. It is 314, and we'll be back to hear more from the Leafs GM about, well, Ducks Unlimited and, of course, some hockey talk. That's when we come back. This segment of the Rick Howe Show on News 95. Seven is brought to you by Vintage Flooring in Bears Lake. Vintage Flooring, more than just hardwood. As Sarah and her husband visit Vintage Flooring, Dave's first words are, There is a lot more here than just hardwood. Hi, I'm Steve. Welcome to Vintage Flooring. How can I help you? I was so impressed with the work you did in our friend's house. She recommended you for our house. Sounds great. Let me show you the choices we have, and I'll even walk you through the installation process. Hey, wait for me. For over 17 years, the award-winning staff at Vintage Flooring have been serving Nova Scotians with top-quality flooring. Vintage Flooring, Bears Lake, more than just hardwood. You asked for it, you got it, Atlantic Canada. Find more deals than ever at Toyota, like six class-leading vehicles with 0% financing over 60 months. Or amazing lease deals like Atlantic Canada's best-selling passenger vehicle, the 2012 Corolla, for just $174 per month with zero down. Or the IIHS top safety pick, the all-new 2012 Camry, for just $326 per month with zero down. Head in today, the More For You event, on now only at your local Toyota dealer. Steak and Stein Family Restaurants are not just about delicious food, though that's a real plus. It's the friendly neighborhood atmosphere. Every Thursday at Steak and Stein Family Restaurants, the regulars line up for corned beef and cabbage. That's because they know good food when they taste it. Good old-fashioned comfort food, generously portioned and just $9.99. Corned beef and cabbage Thursdays at Steak and Stein Family Restaurants. Good food, great value. Young Street, Halifax and Portland Street, Dartmouth. Online at steakandstein.ca. Great barbecue, Jill. Thanks. And this new deck, it's beautiful. I didn't think Bill had it in him. <laughs> this wasn't him. It was all Sardi. Sardi? Sardi Siding. They do all our outdoor renovations. Hmm. We need a new roof. Call Sardi Siding for a free quote. For all your exterior renovations, trust Sardi Siding and Windows. 861-1510. Safety certified with over 30 years experience and a 10-year workmanship guarantee. Sardi Siding and Windows. The exterior experts. For a free quote, call 861-1510. Next 
Maritime on Maritime Morning. How dangerous are coyotes in Nova Scotia? We'll talk to outdoorsman Peter McIsaac and Dalhousie researcher Simone Gadbois about what's being done to control the population as part of an NFB documentary film. Also, we'll talk to Matt Hartley from the Tech Desk, Don Mills on embracing change, and a rundown of Canada Day activities in Halifax. Don't miss Maritime Morning with Jordy Morgan. Weekdays from 8.30 till noon on News 95.7. This is the Rick Howe Show on News 95.7. Now, here's Rick. It's 317, and in the studio with us uh, for another 10 minutes or so is uh, Leafs General Manager Brian Burke. He is here on behalf of Ducks Unlimited. They're uh, hosting a, a gift event tonight down at the uh, Labatt Beer Institute. And uh, we'll hear uh, from uh, Brian a little bit more on that. Well, first, Brian, before we talk a little hockey talk here, tell us how we get a hold of, or if anybody wants to get a hold of a Ducks Unlimited, how they go about doing so. Thanks, Rick. If you want to reach us, our website is ducks.ca. Real simple. Ducks.ca, D-U-C-K-S.ca. If you want to write to the provincial office in Nova Scotia, it's Ducks Unlimited Canada, P.O. Box 430, Unit 64, Highway 6, Amherst, and the postal code is B as in boy, 4H, 3Z as in zebra, 5. Telephone's 902-667-667. 8726. But if you forget all that or couldn't write as fast as I talk, it's ducks.ca and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, you're looking obviously for donations, but uh, volunteers and anything Everything. that people volunteers, can help. Volunteers, uh, landowners that want to get involved with us on projects, volunteers, donors. Everything. Excellent. All right, the 318, and uh, we can't let you go without a little hockey talk here for the next little uh, few minutes. Uh, 405-6000 or 1877-801-8255 if you've got a comment or a question for Brian Burke here this afternoon. Uh, just reading a story out of the National Post the other day that says, quote, the Leafs lack an established starting goaltender. They lack a legitimate number one center. They lack the level of toughness required to play Randy Carlisle hockey. Uh, on all three events. Would you agree or disagree? Well, who wrote that? Uh, that is uh, Michael Trakos from the National Post. I see, and he's uh, he's an expert in these things, so we'll, <laughs> uh, I think they're actually all fair fair comments. Um, if we can upgrade our goaltending, we're going to. Um, if not, we're going to go with what we have. If we cannot upgrade at a reasonable cost. Well, we, that upgrade is a lot of talk about Luongo right yeah, now from Vancouver. And we're, and we're not allowed to talk about players who are under contract to other teams, so if we can upgrade at a reasonable cost, we will. We have not been able to do that. If not, we're going to stay with what we have. I am not about to strip mine this team to shore up one position. Uh, we are not as big as we'd like to be. That has been addressed for three years now through drafting and trading. Uh, there is uh, size on the way, whether it's ready to play or not, or whether we have to go get it on July 1st, we'll see. Uh, and what was the other one, a center? We, we could use uh, either an internal solution at center or an external solution, but we need to be better in the middle than we were a year ago. Well, of course, the Leafs always are big news whenever they make some kind of a move uh, in this country. Uh, and a lot of people congratulating the Leafs on picking up uh, James Van Riemsdyk. Well, every trade you make involves an element of risk. You know, they're human beings. They're not cars. They're not washing machines. Now, whether it's a good trade or not depends on how the players perform. So every time you hang up that phone, you're thinking to yourself, we just got better. The other GM's thinking to himself, we just got better. And these things need a calendar to sort them out. You know, like these people say, oh, Brian Burke made a good trade. Uh, that's flattering, but you don't judge trades with a stopwatch. You judge trades with a calendar. And we'll see over this. I think both players will benefit from a new place to play, a new start. I think both teams will benefit from this trade. So you weren't uh, at all uh, 
given any qualms about getting rid of Luke Shen then? Well, it was hard to trade Luke because he's a great kid. Yeah, like really. this is a wonderful kid. I mean, Luke's troops, the thing he does in our building with the soldiers. He went to Afghanistan with me uh, last summer to visit the soldiers in, in, in Kandahar. He's a wonderful kid. So, yeah, there were a lot of qualms about trading him. But the kid we got back is a class act, too, and it's a forward with size and skill, and we needed that. But he's got a bit of a history for injuries. Uh, Last year he was hurt. Yeah, yeah. One year. Not a problem. For, you don't think that's a problem? No. Nope. Okay. Uh, 405-6000-1877-801-8255. And uh, Corey's given us a call here this afternoon. Hi, Corey. Hey, something that would be as good as the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup, the next best thing is before you leave Toronto, whenever that is, that you smack Steve Simmons around and maybe put him in a triangle choke. Anyway, that's all I have. Thank you. But All right. Uh, thanks, Corey. You want to comment on that? It says you should slap Steve Simmons around. Uh, you know what? I have... Uh that's your cross to bear when you work in hockey is you, I really believe that the vast majority of the media that cover hockey are conscientious, hardworking, honest people that want to get it right. And but so, there are a few who aren't, I guess. Yes. And, and so you have running feuds with a number of people who are uh, unethical or dishonest or lazy or all of the above. Um, and so I've had running feuds with a number of people in the media over my career. I prefer to get along with people in the media. I think they're an important part of what we do. And I'll let listeners decide which group I put Steve Simmons in. <laughs> uh, Bob in Dartmouth, good afternoon. Hello, Bob. Yes, hi. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I have a question for Brian. He's here. Go ahead. Uh, Brian, um, concerned Ducks Unlimited. I'm wondering why in the province of Nova Scotia we can't have more uh, boardwalks on the marshes and the bogs like they do in Ottawa at Mare Blue. Uh, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, Mayor Blue Bog in uh, Ottawa. Absolutely. And the answer is we need more money. We more need, money. We, yeah, we need people to support this. That The long-term plan would be we would like interpretive nature centers and boardwalks in every one of these projects of any size. If you look Mayor at the, Blue Bog, is just beautiful. Yeah, it is. I haven't been there, but I've heard that. But oh, if you look just, at the, the Rockland Brook project that we did here, Miners Marsh in Kentville, there's a hiking trail viewing spots there. Our goal would be that we could have every one of these at that level where there's boardwalks, placards, uh, places for people to view uh, wildlife. So that's the long-term vision we have. We need people to get involved. And what about getting some of the private uh, private landowners to allow you know, people to build boardwalks on their, on their marshes and that? Yeah, that's, again, we've got willing landowners. Uh, some of the guys, that, uh, the landowners that have partnered with us on these projects have, have been wonderful. Some have, you know, basically um, contributed the property to Ducks Unlimited in perpetuity. Some are just, you know, management contracts for a length of time where they're protected for a period of time. But these are all things that are made possible with landowners and with donors. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for the call. I uh, got a tweet here from Bill Zebedee who wonders, who says, there are persistent rumors the Eisner Cove wetland, 180-acre wetland in Dartmouth, will be sold. He wonders, how does DU get involved in something like that? That I don't know, but we'll find out off the air. We'll have an answer for you by tomorrow when you go on the air. All right. I look forward to that. Uh, 324 is our time. 405-6000-1877-801-8255. If you've got a comment or a question for Brian Burke, uh, let's talk back to hockey for a moment. July 1st, uh, the free agency uh, issue opens up. Uh, can you say anything about what the Leafs might be looking for? Yes. Uh, what I can tell you is it's what has happened in this collective bargaining agreement is that teams are not allowing their players to get to unrestricted free agent. They're locking them up with long-term deals at significant money. Well, Crosby is the one example of that today. Exactly. So it's a very thin group. It's not top-heavy. It's not deep. It's not... Uh, 
pick whatever adjective you want. It's it's a, a small group of players that would have an impact. And so I do not anticipate at this point that we're going to be active on July 1st with the big names. You know, with Parise. Any, yeah, you, you can say the big names. I, I can too because I'm saying we're not interested in them. Yeah. We're allowed to say when we're not interested in a player. We're just not allowed to say when we are. And, and these are positional needs that don't fit so much for us. Uh, we don't need that type of defenseman as much as we need other things. We don't need a small forward as much as we need, as Mike Trakos pointed out, a, a center or whatever. So I don't anticipate we'll be on that, that big group. Um, but it, but there are players in the pool that we have interest in, and we intend to kick some tires at least and find out what they'd cost. They picked up a pretty good kid in the uh, in the draft. Uh, was that last weekend? Yeah. Yes. Uh, will he be able to play this year, you think? Uh, I've been told by people that, that work for other organizations that they think Morgan Riley is likely to stick on our team. I, I don't share that view. I place great value on players going back to junior or spending time in the American League. I think you can rush kids, and I think the decision that's made to keep a kid is often a ticket-selling decision. So you can say at the end of camp, hey, this guy made our team as an 18-year-old. And people say, oh, you guys must be really smart. Mm. But most of those kids don't have any impact, and you're really keeping them so that people say you're really smart. He's going to have to make our team, and our coach is going to have to say he sticks. Kadri, one of those players, is he not? Kadri hasn't stuck yet. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, and he's had, what, a couple of three years at least now, hasn't but he? But he'll figure, I think Nassim Kadri's going to figure it out. Like, he's so smart. He's such a good player. I think he'll figure it out. They could be a factor this fall. One of the other issues that we hear constantly, uh, uh, Brian Burke, and, and that involves you, and as this tweeter, Rick, here says, the biggest problem with the Leafs is Brian Burke. How, how do you respond to those things? Well, I, that's, the people are entitled to their opinion. Okay. I mean, that, that's when you drive the bus and you're responsible for everyone who gets on the bus, then you bear the brunt of the criticism when you don't win. I understand that. And uh, will the Leafs make the playoffs this year? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> we will. Uh, Glenn's giving us a call. Hi, Glenn. How you doing? Good, sir. Yourself? Not too bad. Not bad at all. Your question or your comment is? Uh, just a little question for Brian Burke there in regards to the Leafs. Uh, coming from the Maritimes, I'm a big Leaf fan, always have been and always will be. Uh, who decides when what teams go to cities that are non-NHL cities? And, and who gets to make that decision? Okay. Uh, Brian, did you understand that? No, like for, you mean, Glenn, for preseason games? Or? Yeah, for preseason okay. games. Preseason, yeah. all right. The teams decide that. The teams decide that? Yeah. The, the so wanted, if the Leafs and Canadians wanted to play a game here in Halifax, you two would work together. Correct. And, yeah, okay. Glenn, does that answer your question? That's, that's what I'd like to do. No, Glenn, but Glenn, go back. The one exception is the Kraft Hockeyville game, which the league works with Kraft and, and tries to find the teams that play in that. But otherwise, teams do their own schedule. Now, let me anticipate where you're, where you were going with that. Is why don't we play here? Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, we uh, coming from Truro, we're just uh, we were the Truro was the host of the first uh, Craft Hockeyville, and unfortunately, being a Leaf fan, it was Montreal and Ottawa who played in Truro. Um, wasn't too happy about that, but nonetheless, it was great to see NHL hockey in Truro. Uh, but I just I just wanted to know how and uh, who decided uh, what teams went. To to what cities for pre or, or cut to the chase here. You want to know when the Leafs are coming to this area? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair, fair question, Glenn. Here's what I tell you. First off, we're only allowed to play a set number of preseason games, which is nine. That's the maximum. Okay. Most teams play fewer. Most teams would like to play seven. Okay. This is something that in the new collective bargaining agreement, which has to be negotiated this summer, my guess would be that number is likely to be attacked on the player side. Okay. Um, those home games, the preseason games, are put in the season ticket package schedule by all the Canadian teams as if they're regular season games. It's very hard for us to justify playing a game 
in Truro. So I'm okay. going to be perfectly honest. It's for financial reasons. It's going to be, I'd be hard-pressed to see us doing this unless in the new CBA, the rules for training camp are changed. We used to go away for five days for training camp, and we could move camp around. Uh, it's harder to do that. And if we could move camp around, we would likely keep it in Ontario. All right. Uh, thanks for the call. And uh, Brian Burke, thank you for the time flies uh, when you're having fun here. And thank you for dropping yeah. by for a few moments. Glenn, sorry, I don't have a better answer for you, but that's the <laughs> truthful one. Well, that's a truthful one indeed. Brian Burke, thank you very much. Good luck tonight with your event uh, down at the Labatt Beer Institute. And uh, very much appreciate you dropping by.